it's it feels good to be back in the chair between Miami, Los Angeles, and all the different uh, places that that we've been to in the past. Oh my God, a few weeks. It's good to be back at home in the chair, getting you know talking untold stories. There's so many companies that I've met in the past two weeks. So many people that I've met uh, different uh, products in this industry. Um, I'm so excited to talk about it and to I'm like re-energized. I've been so passionate lately in the past few weeks of walking around during meetings because of what's been been being developed in this space. But uh, I don't want to jump too quickly. What is up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and you are listening and watching another epic episode of Untold Stories, where twice a week together, we get to dive deep with some of crypto's most influential leaders to truly understand how this movement came to be. We weave uh, a nuanced narrative, uh, talk about early Bitcoin, talk about all these different things that are happening in our space, trying to teach what's going on. And we talk about a lot of different subjects and everything like that. And um, joining me today is Charles Guillaume. Charles, thank you so much for coming on Untold Stories today. Hey, Charlie, thank you for having me. Uh, same for me. I'm very uh, excited uh, these days because uh, this is a little bit the end of COVID. We, we can go uh, to conference again. So that was, uh, I was in Bitcoin Miami uh, last week and that was crazy. The atmosphere was uh, was very good. A lot of uh, uh, lot of energy, a lot of new products, announcement and so on. I, I had a very good week and uh, that was great. So thank you for, for having me. Of course. Uh, I, I want to hear what, you know, your feedback about Bitcoin Miami in a second. I'm going to give everyone your background. I want to hear your feedback and I want to talk about also like the future of hardware in in a, in a virtual world, you know, we're moving towards this this whole world. Uh, and so, um, just to give a little bit of background, you joined Ledger in 2017 as the chief security officer. After working for 10 years in the cryptography and hardware security sector, you're the creator of Donjon, which is the company's security research department. You're now the the CTO, the chief technology officer. And for those who don't know, the Ledger Wallet is probably one of the top two or three OG hardware, Bitcoin, and now crypto wallets that launched, I don't even know, like, I I just say it's like almost a decade ago, because it feels like this company's been around for a long time. Um, One of the first hardware wallets actually in the space, and one of the first companies to really push for like, decentralization, controlling your own keys, but at the same time, be able to interface with the whole, uh, Bitcoin, crypto, metaverse, Web3 world, but at the same time, still have all the safety of of controlling your own keys. Thanks for joining again today. And uh, yeah, tell me about Bitcoin Miami. What were your thoughts? A lot of uh, good vibe. And uh, you were mentioning the different hardware wallet. And and for the first time in my life, I had the opportunity to meet uh, NVK from Colcard and uh, Pavel Rusnak from from Twizzle. And we had a a good discussion together about the future of hardware wallet and so on. Uh, in the past, like you mentioned, that uh, I created the Dungeon, which is uh, our internal security research team. And uh, at the beginning, what we did at the uh, at the Dungeon is to try to understand how different hardware wallet works, and uh, we finally found some vulnerabilities on most of them, and we we were working with with them in order to uh, improve the security uh, of their product. Uh, so that was great to uh, to meet them face to face. 
Uh, also, I had the opportunity to uh, to meet uh, a few new players uh, in the field. Uh, so there are more and more uh, hardware wallets, which is a, which is a good thing. It will uh, it will improve uh, increase the bar uh, in terms of security on one side, in terms of UX. Uh, because yes, you you mentioned that also uh, we are in a more and more digital uh, world, so it, it can uh, look a little bit weird. Uh, this uh, this hardware things. Um, the thing is, uh, when when you own cryptocurrency, what you really own is uh, your privacy, and if ever you lose your privacy, uh, you will lose uh, your crypto. Uh, there is uh, there is nothing you can do. We cannot revert transaction as the blockchain is uh, immutable, as you know. So securing your private key is is paramount. And um, as of today, the only way to do that well to to secure your keys private private uh, to, to you to secure your private keys um, um, well uh, is, is to use hardware uh, to use hardware wallet so you put your keys in a secure environment in a secure enclave and uh, and this is the only way uh, to uh, secure your keys it's really beautiful like the the hardware wallet itself the ledger the the different ledgers that i've had over the year i have a drawer over there uh with probably one of every different ledger, uh, Tracer, a uh, cold card. Like I'm a big hardware wallet junkie. Um, I just feel like it's nice to have something physical. And at the same time, you, 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 you harbored on something very interesting when you're, and this is, uh, it's actually pretty beautiful when you're, when you're holding a coin, you're not, or a token, you're not actually holding that coin or token. You're, you're holding on to a private key, which is the right to to interact with that token smart contract whether you want to move it or if it's bitcoin you know move it from one account to the next or whatever but and that's a very very interesting thing so so and this is what really freaks me out is that everyone i talk to and, and i'm going to call a lot of people out right now um we're in this insane world with half a million dollar plus nfts uh multi multi million dollar tokens people are sitting on portfolios of tens of thousands of dollars plus 5000 15 million dollars plus and what are they doing what are they doing charles they're they're opening up metamask they're saving a screenshot of it and then keeping it on their dropbox or writing down a private key somewhere and they're putting it in a in a in a piece of paper paper disintegrates uh you're going to lose hackers get into your computer we're talking about like don't trust verify and 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 building out like self custody solutions yet we're talking about building the next level i mean at the end of the day i rather you keep funds in your bank account versus keeping a, a private key you know on a screenshot on your dropbox why are people still doing this yeah the the thing is it's blockchain paradigm is a new thing and it's not easy to understand uh, uh newcomers in the field know well uh, the the paradigm of bank uh, and this paradigm of, of bank is not really uh, applicable for for crypto. Uh, crypto is about uh, self custody. Uh, it's it's about self sovereignty. It's about owning uh, your value, owning uh, your coin. And um, this is something very very different. When you have an account on exchange, then you are uh, on uh, in the bank model. Uh, you. Uh, you ask the permission uh, to the exchange as soon as you want to make a transaction. Uh, so this is the this is the banking model. But crypto Bitcoin is about self custody. It's about really owning your value. And um, what does it mean owning your value? Uh, it means like 
being able to prove you really own your coin because at the end, your coin are on the blockchain. They are not in your hardware wallet. They are not uh, in your MetaMask. They are uh, on the blockchain. What is in your in your hardware wallet is your private key. And your private key is just a cryptographic um, uh, piece of data which allows you to prove that you actually own uh, this uh, specific Bitcoin that you want to spend. Um, so that's why uh, this uh, this private key, uh, securing this private key uh, is, is critical. And you mentioned that like, today we have people who uh, secure um, several millions uh, in their MetaMask. And wh what will happen to them is they will get wrecked uh, at some point. There was a... There is, there is no question about that. Uh, today, we are very early uh, and attackers not, are not really interested uh, in this field. Uh, for now, attacks are more around phishing and, uh, and scam and so on because this is low on game food. But the ecosystem will continue to grow. Uh, the value uh, will continue to grow. So I know very well security. This is my field since uh, I'm 12, probably. Uh, and I can say something, when the, when the stakes are high, uh, attackers uh, are coming there and they come with high potential and they get the money. Uh, as of today, they, we, are, we have mostly um, phishing attack and scam because this is easy. Uh, it, it, it doesn't co cost a lot and uh, you, you, can, uh, you can get a lot of value from that. But what, what we will see in the near future is software attacks at scale. Um, if if you if you start to use like zero days uh, on uh, on your Android on on, on computer, you will be able to uh, get an access to uh, the private key of every single MetaMask uh, in 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 the field, and this oh is this is a big issue for users, but this is also a big issue for our ecosystem. Today we start to see a couple of uh, targeted attacks. So uh, we, uh, at the beginning we, we were mostly seeing like SIM swap attack on exchanges. Uh, probably you, you remember uh, these times. Now we see less and less uh, such attacks, but we start to see targeted attacks oh on, uh, on different uh, um, people uh, using uh, using MetaMask, and uh, they are targeted because they are known to uh, to have a lot of value. But tomorrow, I fear that we will we will see attack at scale, and it will be something very different. Why are you talk about sim swaps for a second? And I didn't I didn't intend to to bring this up, but I I feel like it's like like one of those like glaring emergencies for people in the crypto space, especially if your cell phone number is public, and especially if you're very active on social media. Hackers will what they do is they'll connect that, and they'll go into a Verizon or AT and T or Sprint or wherever wherever you are around the world. Most of the time, there's an insider, and they'll take your phone number, and they'll reset all your passwords, reset all your crypto. This happens probably 50,000 times a day. Uh, a mutual friend of ours, Mike, our friend Michael Turpin, is, is actually suing AT&T for like $40 million because it was an insider, and the, there was a kid that was arrested that worked. My cell phone was SIM-swapped twice, actually. Well, my wife's cell phone was SIM-swapped uh, a few years ago. And then they texted me from her number saying, give us 30 Bitcoin and we'll give you her number back. And I said, F you, you know, I don't, I don't care about this number or whatever. And then and I got it back. And then the second time was they, I got a text message in the middle of the night. And these, you know, like no one should ever use their phone numbers for two factor authentication. And I got a text in the middle of the night saying like my number was ported away and I flipped out and my number was taken. 
But my friend Hasib runs a company called Ifani, E-F-A-N-I.com. And uh, Ifani is the coolest company because it's a cell phone carrier on top of your current carrier. And he was able to actually, in the middle of the night, I called him, he owns a cell phone company, a carrier. So he was actually able to take my number back from the hacker within like two hours of my number being taken away. And it was like a watershed moment when he called my wife from my own number. And he's like, I got your number back. And I've been on Afani, which is his locked carrier plan since then because of that. It's crazy. SimSwap is scary. Yeah, definitely. And again, this is a, this is a low on gig foot. As an attacker, it's, it's very easy to do a SimSwap attack. Like you, you just have to call the, uh, to, to call the, the carrier and either convince it uh, that you are the one you pretend to be or uh, you have to work with an insider. This is very, very easy to implement. And if you are securing something of value with uh, your, uh, your SMS as a second factor authentication, uh, then the attacker will use it. And, and uh, unfortunately, some exchanges uh, are using uh, SMS as a two-factor authentication. So the attackers go in that direction. They just do a SIM swap. Then they pretend to be you on, uh, on the exchange. They uh, click on the password reset or something. They receive the SMS and then they have an access to your, to your exchange. So again, if you have uh, something of value, uh, don't secure it with uh, with your uh, your SMS as a, as a two FA. But better than this, don't trust anyone to uh, secure your value. Like blockchain and um, Web three and Bitcoin is about self sovereignty, and self sovereignty comes with self custody. So this is a this would be would be my my, my message. So you have the. Uh... You guys just launched the Ledger Nano S Plus new hardware wallet. It's compliant. Uh, it's top, top security, Bitcoin, crypto, NFT relationships within the app, within the hardware wallet itself. Can you give a little bit of background on, on hardware wallets, kind of the history, why they're important and why they're the de facto best way to secure your crypto? As I mentioned before, um, when you put your private key uh, in MetaMask, uh, if ever you have a malware on your computer or on your uh, mobile phone, the malware will, will get an access to your private key and it's done. You will lose your crypto. So securing this private key is paramount. So that's why we have um, implemented these uh, nano devices. So it's a, it's a small piece of hardware. Uh, inside, there is, a, there is a secure element. A secure element is a, is a dedicated circuit uh, which is in charge of security. And with this, with the, and there is a little screen uh, on it, dedicated screen. And with this device, we are uh, fulfilling three different uh, security uh, properties. The first one is uh, the, the private key storage. Uh, in, uh, in crypto, we, uh, we call it a seed because we, we will derive all the private key for all your crypto from this seed. And so this seed is uh, generated uh, inside this secure element, and it will be stored securely uh, in this secure element. So this is the first property, like storing securely your private key. The second one is uh, where is your uh, cryptography implemented? Because as soon as you, uh, you want to create a transaction or you want to uh, receive funds, you, you have to, uh, to implement cryptography. You need to, uh, to compute. Uh, elliptic curve cryptography to compute signature, to compute hash, uh, different things. So if your keys uh, have to leave uh, the devices and to go to your computer, 
it would it wouldn't be secure because it would expose the key, and that's why the cryptography is implemented within the secure element. So your, as soon your as you keys to, never uh, leave do... this device with the secure element. Exactly. But then how? Exactly. What's the relationship between my computer and the device, and then back to the computer? Is it just like the software asks permission? But then how does how does it work? Yeah, in the in the threat model of hardware wallet, your your computer can be completely compromised. Uh, you can have virus malware on your computer. Uh, this is not a big deal because your key remain inside the device and they never leave the device, as as you mentioned. Your uh, laptop or your computer, your mobile phone, does only public thing. Like it will synchronize the blockchain. It will uh, tell you, okay, uh, you have this amount of Bitcoin. Uh, here is your address and so on. Uh, but as soon as you want to create a transaction, then the software wallet on your uh, computer will prepare uh, the transaction uh, saying, okay, uh, Charlie, uh, you are about to send one Bitcoin to Charles, to me, uh, uh, addresses. And then it will prepare the raw transaction. It will send this raw transaction uh, to the device. And then uh, come the third property. The third property is what you see is what you sign. On the device, you have a screen. And on this, on this screen, you will be able to verify independently uh, from your computer the transaction you are about to sign. So on your on the device, it will be um, uh, displayed. Okay, Charlie, uh, you are about to send one Bitcoin to a Charles address. Uh, are you uh, are you happy with that? And if you consent, you click on the button, and then uh, the device will sign the transaction, send it to the computer, and the computer will send it to the blockchain. So those are the three properties. First of all, the keys are stored inside the device. Second, they never store, they never uh, leave the device or the cryptography is implemented uh, inside the device. And the third property is as soon as you uh, use this cryptographic materials, uh, you will, as a user, you will be uh, requested to consent uh, to this transaction. This is the what you see is what you sign, which is achieved with, um, with a trusted display, a display which is directly connected uh, to the secure element inside the device. Is there is there a way so so one of the main reasons that people give up control of their private keys is to right now is to earn yield that's been the biggest driver of it so you have people but buying used to be that you give up your private keys in order to interface with an, a bitcoin exchange or a crypto exchange but this was like the pre smart contract world right and then you use something like metamask or whatever on ethereum and and then on that in that instance, I can understand how I could have my Ether on my Ledger wallet, and then I could ask permission, it comes back, and I could potentially get my Ethereum in some liquidity pool and earn some yield in a very secure way. Is there a way to, to earn yield on, on Bitcoin in a, in a more decentralized way that you're aware of? Are people storing Bitcoin only on Ledger, or is there a relationship that I could have except that's not depositing my my Bitcoin on, on an exchange to earn like yield or something? Yeah, earning yield on Bitcoin especially is not very easy. And most often uh, this is like centralized exchange which propose uh, this kind of uh, services because they lend Bitcoin to others and so on. Um, there is also some opportunity to get yield uh, on Bitcoin 
using like a wrapped Bitcoin on different blockchain, but yeah. is it really, really Bitcoin can be the base? Um, so on Bitcoin, especially, it's not that easy to uh, earn yield uh, because uh, it's not uh, it's not part of the equation. Uh, it's far easier on uh, other uh, blockchain, especially Ethereum. And on Ethereum, then uh, you come the smart contract interaction because uh, you will uh, interact with different smart contracts. Uh, sending uh, Ethereum uh, on uh, on Ethereum blockchain is uh, is the same thing as uh, on on Bitcoin. There are a few differences, but uh, this is something very easy. But as soon as you uh, start to uh, interact with um, OpenSea with uh, with uh, uh, Dex, uh, then what you what you do is interactive interacting with uh, with a smart contract, uh, with um, NFT for instance also, and interacting with such smart contracts is uh, is much more complex than just uh, sending Bitcoin. And this is where uh, the what you see is what you sign is paramount. And we because. Uh, if you think you are uh, signing a transaction uh, on Ethereum while this is another, uh, you, you, you could consent for something uh, where you would give um, uh, the, your money to, uh, to someone else. So this is why we uh, implement what you see is what you sign, clear signing uh, on Ethereum. The, as most oh, I like possible. that. What you see is what you sign. That's really cool. Like what you see is what you get or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, nice. Uh, and we have implemented it uh, on the NFT uh, very recently because more and more users want to interact with NFT on the decentralized exchange, on OpenSea and so on. And, uh, and that's why we have uh, implemented the support of NFT on our devices. But what we see is more and more new smart contracts, which are more and more complex. So we are opening our stack in order to make sure that uh, external developers can uh, implement the support of, of their um, very uh, smart contract in order to have the clear signing uh, on the device. It sounds like uh, a security is what gets you very excited. What are some of the things that you're working on in Donjon in your security department? And like walking around Bitcoin Miami, back to Bitcoin Miami for a second, any like, did you walk around the exhibit hall? Any Anything exciting that stood out for you that you wanted to follow up with different people or companies? To stay to stay on the, on the security side. So as I mentioned, yes. Uh, uh, security is the value proposition of Ledger, but I think security must come with uh, UX because if you create the most secure ah. uh, device in the world, but no one uh, wants to use it because it's too complex or too cumbersome and so on, you don't solve any problem. Thank you for but saying you that. So yes, you're <laughs> so, that's the most brilliant thing I've heard all week. It's so true. If you can have the best security and decentral decentralization in the world, but if you don't have a, a matched or better user experience, no one cares. That's not true. Exactly. Not no one cares. I'll take a step back. But not enough of the mass world cares. Yeah. And so this is a, so on the security side, I think we, we did a great job. We, security is not a static thing. We need to improve and always uh, raise the bar and so on. It's, not, it's never finished. But on the UX, I think we uh, we have uh, we have plenty of progress to do, and this is uh, this is what we are working on. Um, there are plenty of things which are very complex for mass adoption. Uh, sometimes I'm I'm thinking about my mother. Uh, would she use our, our devices? No, because it's too complex. There are plenty of things which are too complex, and we are working on uh, solving them. For instance, I'm I'm thinking about uh, all. 
as soon as you have something hexadecimal displayed on the device, some someone who is not tech savvy, it's uh, it's uh, worrisome. What is this thing? Is there a bug? Uh, am I losing my phone? So this is the kind of thing we need we need to solve. The 24 words, the hexadecimal of uh, addresses, the smart contract interaction. You cannot. We we display such things today uh, because uh, this is the most secure way to interact with uh, with crypto. But tomorrow we need to keep the security while removing these uh, complex things. This is not for my mother. So this is what I think. This is the, the mission for uh, Ledger in the next months and years. Because as I said, on the security side, we we did a great job. We need to continue. But on the UX side, there are plenty of things to do in order to uh, allow uh, mass adoption. Today we are we are completely in um, business to geek, and we we, we need to go to uh, business to, to 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 customer. So so is, so this is a good question: is is the security and user interface aspect solely relegated to the piece of hardware, or do you think its ledger needs to maintain software and then also almost maintain the connections between? ledger and other pieces of software that want to integrate with it do you kind of see where i'm getting at here you have to maintain and, and supervise the whole process how do you do that so as i mentioned our threat model is to make sure that even if your com your computer is completely compromised uh, as long as uh, you are using your device it's crazy you, and you you are verifying your uh, your screen uh, you, your funds are secure. So this is our threat model. We don't really want to change it uh, for now because uh, this is the only way to, uh, to to secure crypto. So what we what what we are working on is to make sure you have a nice UX on your computer and on your mobile phone. So this is a Ledger Live on one side. This is also improving connectivity uh, because uh, you can use MetaMask with your device, but sometimes it does not work so well and so on. You, you, you could use your device directly on the DAP. Uh, we need to uh, improve this. Tomorrow, you will be able to uh, connect your device to your favorite exchange in order to withdraw directly uh, and so on. This is the kind of things uh, we are working on. And on the device itself, we need to continue to have something minimal, but having a better UX. Uh, because even with our device, the, the screen is small. Sometimes what, what is written is complex to understand. So this is also uh, what we what we need to improve. So as I mentioned, this is, this is twofold. Security, all the security is pushed back to the device. We need to improve uh, the UX of it, uh, but keeping as minimal as possible only the security part. And all the nice interaction and nice interface uh, lies on your computer or mobile phone. And for this, we need to improve connectivity and we need to, uh, to improve the, the UX of our software, Ledger Live, for instance. You, you started to make me think about uh, SHA-256 as well. And a lot of people have been asking me lately on like quantum computing and what happens if uh, the ability to hash uh, a prime number or break down a prime number becomes infinitely, you know, faster and computing power. You don't need a much computing power to, to you know, the, our whole, the, the security of the whole internet almost depends on it from brute forcing passwords to breaking private keys. What do you say to that? Is this something that it's a red herring we shouldn't really be worried about? The short version of it is it doesn't keep me up at night at all. 
Now the longer version is um, uh, this quantum computing is an interesting field, uh, but for now it's only a research field. There are plenty of uh, difficulties to solve in order to have uh, something usable, able to really break uh, modern crypto. Uh, maybe it will happen, maybe we will see it uh, in our life, but this won't be tomorrow. And if it happens, it, it won't be like at once. There, there, won't, there, there won't be a day like yesterday we cannot break crypto and today <laughs> we can. This won't be something like that. This will be something progressive. At the beginning, it will it will cost billion and so on. So we we would have time if if ever it happens, uh, we we will have time to uh, move from it. And um, and if we have to move, uh, there will be uh, plenty of things because as of today, uh, most of the cryptography uh, is uh, that we use is broken by uh, by quantum computing. Uh, if this quantum computing actually uh, actually exists uh, with a large number of qubits and so on, uh, uh, which is definitely not the case today, and and I I don't think it will happen uh, anytime soon. So the good news is, um, cryptographers have, have worked on this uh, for years, and we have solution. Uh, we have uh, we have some uh, algorithm which are uh, resistant uh, uh, against uh, quantum computing. And, uh, and by the way, I think um, uh, OpenSSH just announced uh, last week that they have um, they have integrated and uh, standardized uh, one of the one of the um, uh, quantum quantum computer uh, resistant uh, algorithm. And um, and today we have uh, we have a standardization committee at the NIST uh, these days, um, which is about to say. This very algorithm is the one uh, that we will use um, uh, in order to be resistant against uh, quantum computing. For now, there is no standard, uh, but it will be uh, there will be some uh, in the in the in the next time. Uh, we, I, we we don't have dates, uh, but it's coming. It's an unbelievable thing, really, to think about how encryption works, right? It's it's because human our brains can predict how long it'll take. Uh, for computing processing power to to break down a, a a large very large number into basically its two lowest primes, and that's what uh, a brute forcing a password is breaking. You know, being able to reverse a Bitcoin transaction or break a block. It all comes down to uh, breaking everything on the internet. It's really such an unbelievable thing if you think about it. That as long as our brains uh, are smarter than than that of a computer. Uh, that'll be maintained. And that is it, the, the whole singularity thing kind of scares me a little bit too. <laughs> the thing is that today, this is a human which uh, create computer. So I don't know about the singularity. Uh, there, will there be a moment in time where a computer will be infinitely more uh, intelligent than, than human? At some point, I've, I've um, watched some uh, presentation from uh, Yann Lequin, who is a famous uh, machine learning researcher. And he was like, yeah, machine learning is uh, very efficient and so on, but uh, it, it does not implement like human creativity. Uh, for now, this is, they, they are not as intelligent as human in, uh, for, for, for this very thing. But we, we are entering in something very philosophical, like what's... What's the difference between a, a Turing machine and a human brain? Uh, is it is the human brain a Turing machine? Maybe this is the case. Uh, difficult to say. I mean, yeah. Where's the where's the line there? Because we're made out of 
Oh, we're made. It's crazy to think about like our brain and, and electricity and the nervous system and what we're made out of versus what machines are made out of. If we start to make machines more like humans, then then what's the line? And this is the type of thing that I they think about. My actually my old my old co-founder of BitInstant uh, back in 2011, he would like just he spent all of his time inserting things into his body like NFT chips, NF NFC chip chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like brainwave, he would go to sleep at night and just like monitor his brains and do all these different things. He was like, he needed to be very into his body and he wanted to turn himself, he still is turning himself slowly into like a machine. And there was actually a security conference that I went to uh, where people, you can go and someone was offering to insert like a chip into my finger, like right on the spot. But I don't, I'm afraid of needles, so I didn't really want to do it. Yeah, what, what is uh, funny is... Um... We, we often see this kind of guy like very interested in uh, putting some electronics in, in their body and uh, and moving into something hybrid. Um, often those guys are very like from the cypherpunk movement and the cypherpunk are the same who created Bitcoin. So this is this is uh, quite interesting because uh, this is the this is the same world. This is the, this is the same people. It is. This, that's that's that is. It's the same people. It's the same. We were all a bunch of misfits, uh, people that kind of didn't fit in in other industries or other worlds or other societies and kind of like the early Bitcoin people. We were all kind of like that. But um, you you brought me back to, to thinking about something um, that someone asked me the other day, too. Um, so so smart contracts, uh, security upgrades, like you said, it's not static. We're constantly making changes and updates. These things have brought us the advent of DeFi, NFTs, the ability to have yield curves, uh, sorry, bonded cur- bonding curves and, and, and liquidity pools and DAOs and, and limited partners, general partners and DAOs and stake-weighted voting and all these like amazing things that are making a lot of people a lot of money, but also like building out crazy cool software and technologies at the same time. But also those same things are bringing us uh, big hacks like the Ronin network, uh, wormhole. These are just the ones that happened in the past month or so. They're happening all the time. What's, what's happening here? Like, obviously when you have new growing technologies, you're going to have, like you said, it's the largest treasure chest. Every hacker wants to hack into every blockchain every day because it's free money if you can do it. So it's constantly like pounding out, but what is happening in some of these hacks and how can, Right, my listeners. How can my listeners kind of like protect themselves in the future? So, first of all, what is what is very interesting in 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 this area is that a couple of uh, of uh, brilliant engineers uh, in get interested in uh, Ethereum and uh, Solidity and so on. And what they did is taking one hundred of one hundred years of finance engineering. And they automated this on a decentralized consensus machine and implemented uh, algorithm to do exactly the same as the finance the, the finance is doing for 100 years. And frankly, this is very like interesting. This is this is big what they what they did and what, what they are doing. Of course, uh, there are plenty of acts. Why? Because this is very early. This is a for me. This is a POC. This is a live experiment. Uh, Ethereum uh, exists for for a couple of years, and 
we already have billions uh, on it, billions exchanged automatically, uh, automatically on um, on uh, AMM. Uh, you have you have plenty of uh, quite interesting things that, that we we start to we start to see, and uh, and with this kind of use case, this is uh, this is finance. Uh, you have you have a big bounty. Like if you break a smart contract, then you can get millions and hundreds of millions. And this is uh, this is what you what we see today. So we are learning the hard ways, I would say, but we are learning. We are improving this, and uh, at some point we, we will get better at uh, at securing those and so on. And um, and we are succeeding uh, slowly. And another thing I wanted to mention is today we are spending a lot of time and resource and, and brain and uh, brain time on implementing these things on uh, Ethereum layer one. Uh, uh, and frankly, this is not scalable. Uh, this, won't, this won't go anywhere. And we start to see that with, uh, with the fees. Uh, as soon as there is uh, plenty of users because the price is moving, uh, fees are, are rocketing like crazy. And uh, you, in order to make a simple transaction, you have to pay uh, several hundred of uh, dollars. And this is, this is definitely not sustainable. And the solution to this is layer two. There was no debate. This is layer two. And I think uh, this is a message for uh, blockchain developers. Please stop uh, uh, building on layer one. Spend all your energy and uh, and the time on building on layer two. Layer two, you don't have uh, this kind of uh, um, this kind of constraint. You can build as complex machine as you want, and uh, and you are secured by uh, the Ethereum blockchain. So this would be uh, this would be my advice. And uh, to uh, to go back to your point, what what would be the advice to uh, to your uh, your friends that are interacting with a smart contract? Frankly, it's difficult. Smart contracts are something very new, and um, there will be hacks today, uh, the, tomorrow. Uh, there was a, there was no debate about that. Um, the, I think the first uh, thing I, I could say is uh, don't uh, don't put more money that, than you, you can afford to lose uh, on this kind of thing. Don't uh, remember that this is the we are very early. This is the beginning of uh, of an experiment. Um, also. If, if if it's uh, too uh, beautiful to be true, maybe this is too beautiful to be true. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, this is something to remember. And and finally, also there are different smart contracts. Some are some start to pass the test of time. Uh, when you have um, uh, Uniswap, for instance, um, it's uh, several years and never it it has never been uh, uh, hacked uh, like hard. So it start to we can start to think that this smart contract is a little more secure than some very new other smart contract. So this, this, is, a, this is a good balance of, uh, of thinking, evaluating the risk and so on. But of course, uh, this, is, this, is, uh, this is risky. And what we do at Ledger is providing um, security for your purchase, not for uh, the smart contract with, with whom you, you are interacting. We, we, don't know, we don't know if, if they are secure or not yet. And this is also something we are working on, uh, trying to uh, standardize the security of the smart contract with uh, which you are working, uh, you are you are interacting. Uh, so this is something where I, I'd like to, uh, I'd like for us to uh, to raise the bar and to give some insight to uh, to our customers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The interactions with with all smart contracts and the hardware wallets uh, definitely need to be strengthened. Because there are, like, 
it's just the low-hanging fruit. It's like the man in the middle attacks or someone getting into your email or it's like the low-hanging fruit stuff. That's where the hackers always go after. It's 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 almost like too expensive to try to to try to break a leather chip or something. But this may be a stupid question, but what happens if a hacker actually breaks or someone breaks into my house and takes my ledger? So is a is there a backup somewhere and can I like have two ledgers with the same account? And then two, what if they get both ledgers? Can they can a, can can a, a thief or a hacker kind of like even physically break the ledger or plug it in and hack into the software? So first of all, yes, uh, we provide backup mechanism. Uh, so as soon as you initialize your uh, device, don't forget to uh, backup your seed phrase and to put it in a in a secure location uh, in a, in a physical safe, for instance. And uh, and this is your um, your backup. And if ever your device breaks or is stolen or uh, you lose it, uh, whatever, uh, you can recover your funds with uh, this uh, seed phrase backup. Please uh, don't for, don't forget to uh, to do that. Also, please avoid to take picture of your backup. Uh, yeah. Avoid to uh, to to write it on uh, on your computer because uh, uh, because uh, if there is a malware on your computer, uh, you will lose it, uh, of course. So, on on a piece of paper or on uh, crypto steel, there are some uh, some device to uh, to secure uh, secure backup. So this is the first thing. And uh, if ever uh, your device is stolen, um, as I mentioned, we have uh, implemented our, uh, our nano devices uh, for with uh, the security hardware security in mind. So we are using Secure Element uh, circuit, and this kind of circuit have been especially designed to uh, resist uh, to attackers, even with uh, with a physical uh, physical access to the device. So. I won't say it's uh, it's impossible to break because uh, in security this uh, thing uh, this thing does not exist. Uh, we have made it uh, incredibly difficult to uh, to break. Um, uh, so that means that if ever your device is stolen, um, there is it will be incredibly difficult to extract your secret from the from uh, from the device. As of now, there is no known uh, way to do that. Um, nevertheless. Um, if your device is stolen and you have a doubt, uh, what you can do is to uh, take your backup uh, recovery phase to recover it on a new device and to move your funds elsewhere. You will have time because, uh, because as, I, as I said, uh, we, we have um, uh, designed uh, our hardware to be, uh, to be secure against uh, such attacks. It's, so, it's such a beautiful thing to, to constantly be able to, to work and you're building out people's bank accounts in their wallet, but it's, but, but that's what the old slogan was, right? Like I remember be your own bank was blockchain.info's uh, slogan or something. I think it was. And then, uh, yeah, and it was all about finance, 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 but it's a changing world. Now you're, you're talking about the ledger wallet is now your identity because you're holding your, your NFTs, which is an extension of your, like a cultural asset layer. It's an extension of your identity, but, uh, uh, in the future, your, you know, the ownership of, of, you know, voting in where you live could be relegated to a, a private key that you hold on your ledger device. And when it comes time to vote, that's the security. You, you can't doubt elections ever again because it's all on chain. I mean, the, the future is really epic. Uh, do, you, do you see hardware always needing to be something that needs to be separate? So I guess what I'm getting at here is like, 
could a ledger chip exist inside of an iPhone, for example? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good question. So first of all, I share your vision about uh, the future of blockchain. Future of blockchain is not only about crypto, about money. Uh, blockchain is about decentralization. It's about ownership. It's about self-custody. It's about self-sovereignty. It's about identity. It's all of this. Uh, this is the this is the power of blockchain, and it gives back uh, the power to uh, the power to the user. Uh, as of now, the only way to secure this really is with hardware. And um, as you you mentioned, it like creating like uh, ledger circuit and put them in uh, in uh, in your mobile phone is uh, is a wet dream. I would I would say this is something uh, we we would love to do. Uh, we are working, researching on, on these topics, and I hope uh, to be able to announce something uh, someday. But as of now, uh, this, is, uh, this is only uh, uh, some topics we are, we are thinking about, uh, because there is still this, yeah. this question of making sure you, has, you are as secure uh, as, you, as you would like, because when, when it comes to your identity, we, we, we talk about money, okay, millions are interesting, but your identity is very valuable. You don't want it uh, to be uh, stolen by, by anyone. So uh, this is uh, this is something critical, and uh, if we do that, we want to do that right. So, but yeah, this is a, this is a good idea, and uh, and we I, I would love to 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 tell it to you that we have solved this problem. Unfortunately, it's not the case yet. You know, my next question is going to be right. If it, the chip can exist in the iPhone, can I put the chip in my brain? <laughs> uh, now we are yes, we are even is... more in the science. Science fiction thing. <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future, but yeah. Not My yet. favorite author is uh, Neil Stevenson from, uh, he wrote <laughs> like Cryptonomicon and Snow Crash, and I'm reading his new book now, and he's speaking at Consensus in Austin in, uh, I think it's June. And I typically okay. never go to the Consensus events because it's a little more industry for me, but they asked me to speak, and I'm like, oh my God, Neil Stevenson's going to be there. I need to speak just because I just want to autograph. I'm really excited. That's fun. Enjoy. Yeah. Charles, Charles, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on Untold Stories and having some fun and, and teaching my listeners about, you know, basic security practices, but kind of like what the future is and what gets you excited. And um, I'm going to go play around with my with my ledgers, but I'm going to go order the new one, too. It looks really sexy. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Charlie. Uh, that was uh, very interesting to, to, to have a talk together. And for your, your listeners, um, what you need to remember about uh, crypto, it's about self-custody. Don't leave your money on an exchange. And uh, when it comes to self-custody, hardware wallets are the best way to do that. And finally, um, the, the important advice, don't share, don't ever, ever share your 24 words. Always verify uh, what you do on your device. Uh, do your backup on a recovery sheet and don't take pictures of it. That's it. Stay safe and have fun.